what we have to also remember is that the realities of things don't necessarily uh, are not necessarily different in this world and in the hereafter. So if the life of this world is the most important, well, the life in the hereafter is the most important as well. So the life can't just be important in this world. It's actually important in the hereafter because it's a reflection of this life of this world. In fact, it's going to be much more critical in the hereafter of what we've done in this world, for example. Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in another verse, How can you deny Allah when you were dead, where you were nothing, you were non-existent, and then He gave you life? He gave you life. And if you look at this verse, this is the first bounty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about. That the first bounty of the human being is being given life. That's our first bounty and that's our first gift. That's why that is the first thing that we've been given and that's life. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'ina amma ba'd. Qala Allah ta'ala fil Qur'an al-Majid wal Furqan al-Hamid. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim bismillahir rahmanir rahim. I'lamu annama al-hayatu al-dunya la'ibun wa lahum wa zinatun wa tafakhurun baynakum wa takathurun fil amwali wal awlad Kamathali ghaythin a'jab al-kuffara nabatuhu thumma yahiju fatarahu musfarran thumma yakunu hutama وفي الآخرة عذاب شديد ومغفرة من الله ورضوان وما الحياة الدنيا إلا متاع الغرور صدق الله العظيم Dear brothers and sisters uh, Today we are looking at this verse of Surah Al-Hadid It's uh, one of the Jawahir Al-Quran One of the true gems of the Quran and that really glitter for us because it really has an understanding of the reality of this world and this life. And I think once you read this, regardless of what state we're in, whether we're abiding and understanding this and abiding by it, or whether we're not and we are enjoying our life and indulging in our life, I think everybody can recognize that what this verse is saying is the absolute truth because deep down we understand it because it's given such an example, such a parable, such an explanation that it's absolutely amazing. This is verse 20 of Surah Al-Hadid. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, That know, all of you know that the life of this world is nothing but a play. Laibun, walahun, amusement or distraction, zinatun, which means adornment, embellishment. And then he says, watafahurum bainakum, and pomp, uh, mutually showing off between one another and ostentation, showing off uh, rivalry almost. And takathur, and takathurun, which means multiple, uh, you can say, uh, both the Tafakhurun baynakum and takathurun is like a mutual kind of boasting and takathurun is, you can say, a multiplying, just wanting to get extra, just wanting abundance, just wanting to have more than one another. Al-hakumu takathur, the same word is used there as well, takathur. Fil amwali wal awlad, in 
in wealth, in your money, in your assets, and in your children. So in riches and in children. It's mutual boasting and multiplying among yourselves in rivalry between your children, in terms of your riches and your children. So that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions as being the reality of this world. Thereafter that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, so he provides an example and he says that here is a similitude. This is like a similitude. This is like an example, right? How rain, how rain and the growth which it brings forth. So how rain and the growth which it brings forth. So anytime there's rain, there's going to be some kind of greenery, some, something that comes because of that. MashaAllah. What that does is that that provides delight to the hearts of the tillers, to the farmers, to those who grow the crops. But soon it withers and then you will see it grow yellow. And then it becomes dry and then it crumple, crumbles. Right? It crumbles away. Then Allah says, but in the hereafter, there is a penalty severe for the devotees of wrong, as Pickthall says. And the, but there's also a forgiveness from Allah and His good pleasure for the devotees of Allah. And what is the life of the world but goods and chattels of deception? Mata'ul ghurur. That's how Pickthall translates it. So, we're going to look at this verse because I think it really seeks to remind us. I mean, it reminds us and hopefully, inshallah, we can be reminded by this so that we can temper down our situation. Those of us who live in the West, you know, we can say that we actually enjoy literally a life of the top 10% lifestyle of the top 10% of the world. There's, all, all, there's always going to be a few people who are very, very, very extra wealthy. I mean, you know, we can't compete with them. But just in terms of a standard life, the lifestyle that we enjoy here in the West, I mean, this is, this is what it is. We, have, uh, we enjoy the life of 10% of the top 10% of the world population. MashaAllah. Alhamdulillah. And may Allah grant us afia with that and don't allow us to use it for mischief. So now what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding us of this verse of Surah Al-Hadid, verse 20. To put this verse in perspective, uh, the previous verses of Surah Al-Hadid were وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا وَكَذَّبُوا بِآيَاتِنَا أُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابُ الْجَحِيمِ Which is actually speaking about uh, the disbelievers and what's going to happen to them. So now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to warn us that we don't want to go into the wrong direction and we don't want to end up in hellfire. So what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this verse, essentially the whole purpose of this verse is to just, you can say, demote the the quality of this world demote the value of this world in our eyes so that we don't give it too much value right that's really the perspective of this is that it, it's to demote the the focus on this world to show its reality and mashallah the example that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us it's amazing and hopefully i mean it will drive the point home for all of us and showing that the real life is the life of the hereafter. I know we keep saying this, but this one really puts into perspective for us. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes this as a plaything, an amusement, a distraction, a point of just showing off. Any of these things that you know that 
these things are things that we should actually look down upon rather than actually value things that uh, are just for playthings because the hereafter is what's really going to matter and if these things don't benefit us in the hereafter then what's the point of all of those things so now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first mentions Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to the life of this world now that's very interesting that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala discusses life here Al-Hayat Hayat means life and his mentioning of Hayat here is actually very very important it's actually completely on point I mean I can't say it anymore the reason for that is I don't know I don't think we've ever probably even thought about this but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made life the most important thing for us if we were to say that what's one of the bounties that is actually the most important bounty for us you'll realize that it's actually life because without life you can't enjoy anything and you can't even prepare for the hereafter and you can't accumulate anything for that so that's why life itself the hayat dunya is actually a bounty in itself that's why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says inni ja'ilun fil ardi khalifa and then eventually that I'm going to create a vicegerent on this earth and then eventually after the angels they question him regarding that they're wondering why he's creating the human being in this world Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says I know what you don't know now you have to remember that if it wasn't part of Allah's wisdom and if it wasn't the correct thing to do then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not have created life in this world for us so that goes to show that life is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Mulk, الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا He is the one who creates death and he is the one who creates life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if he's creating something, it can't be for nothing. Okay, it can't be for nothing. Allah doesn't create things for nothing. Allah doesn't create redundant things. That means life can't be redundant. There's a value to this life. So we don't just live this life but there's a real life in the hereafter. Let us not follow in this normal idea that let's just enjoy our life to the fullest because everything that's created, especially nowadays, the world has just become like that. It's just about making us enjoy life to the fullest, as they say. Of course, there's a proper way to enjoy life to the fullest. It's just about changing the paradigm. And then you can actually enjoy life, but it will actually be an investment for the hereafter. If we don't have that right, then we'll enjoy this life, maybe, right? You'll enjoy everything that's unavailable, that's on offer. You'll feel about bad about what you can't get, and you'll be excited by what you do get. But then after that, there's nothing left. So this life, firstly, let's understand that it's actually a really, really valuable asset that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created, and that He's given and chosen us for it among everybody that He could, cre he could have created. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَفَحَسِبْتُمْ أَنَّمَا خَلَقَنَاكُمْ عَبَثَ وَأَنَّكُمْ إِلَيْنَا لَا تُرْجِعُونَ do you, do, you, do you just think, do you, do you conceive or do you think that we just created you redundant for no reason whatsoever? Like that just flies in the face of atheists essentially who, or people who deny God, who, who deny any kind of reality of the hereafter. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says وَمَا خَلَقَنَا السَّمَاءَ وَالْأَرْضَ وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا بَاطِلًا We have uh, not created the heavens and the earth you know, in vain or redundantly or without purpose right so it shows us this life is a ni'mah in fact according to one of the Mufassir he says that it's actually our principle our capital it's the origin it's the foundation of anything that we can do if you don't have a life we can't do anything so that that point is really really well made and very important 
right? It is the foundation of every other bounty that you can receive. Now, what we have to also remember is that the realities of things don't necessarily uh, are not necessarily different in this world and in the hereafter. So if the life of this world is the most important, well, the life in the hereafter is the most important as well. So the life can't just be important in this world. It's actually important in the hereafter because it's a reflection of this life of this world. In fact, it's going to be much more critical in the hereafter of what we've done in this world, for example. Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in another verse, How can you deny Allah when you were dead, where you were nothing, you were non-existent, and then He gave you life? He gave you life. And if you look at this verse, this is the first bounty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about. That the first bounty of the human being is being given life. That's our first bounty and that's our first gift. That's why that is the first thing that we've been given and that's life. Now all of this is just to show you that the life of this world is not necessarily a bad thing at all. In fact, it is not a bad thing. It is not something which is bad. It is not supposed to be bad. It's supposed to be good because it is the stepping stone for the hereafter. So don't think of this life as a bad thing. Just change it to be the right thing because it is a bounty. What we've done is we've obscured it. We've misunderstood it. That, that's why that's happening. So what it means then is that anybody who will turn this life, anybody who is going to turn this life and focus it for the hereafter, right? Uh, in fact, let's talk about the person. Anybody who focuses this life on this world only, and they don't, uh, there's no hereafter that features into that, and there's no obedience in that, and it's just obedience of the shaitan instead, and just full of, uh, fulfilling one's whims and desires and, and fancies, then that is what's bad. So there is a way to make it bad, but it's not intrinsically bad. There is a way to mess this life up, which is to just indulge yourself, but it's not intrinsically bad. It's actually extremely huge potential uh, for good. So, now, uh, in order to underscore this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does the following. He explains the different aspects of this life, and this is what really drives the point home. Firstly, he calls it la'ib, right? That it's la'ibun, right? Which means that it is play. And uh, what is play? Play is fi'lu sibyan, right? Play is the activity of children. This is what children do, and they're completely halal for children to play. Don't deprive your children of playing. Don't say it's bad because that's what children do. They play. That's how they learn through play, right? So they play, right? And what they do is they get tired in playing. They play, they play, they play. Even if they're fasting, they play, they play, they play. And they get tired of, uh, they eventually tire themselves out. But they, they'll be tired and they'll still be playing. They'll be tired and they'll still be playing. They love to play like that. They can play football for hours. They can play outside for hours. They can, do, they can play on computer. They can play on games for hours and hours and hours. And even if they're tired, they can carry on playing. What a beautiful example that is. Don't become like children that the world, you're tiring yourself out, but you're still after it. It's just like that. What a beautiful example that is. right? You know, when I, when I read this first, I was like, wow, subhanAllah. I mean, we understand that if you look at it from a children's perspective, as adults, when we look at it, it's like, how can they just carry on playing like that? They don't even get tired. Well, they are getting tired, but they just still enjoy it so much that they keep going on about it. At the end, what do they have to show for it? What does a child have to show at the end of play? Nothing. But that's fine. That's just his way of growing up. But for adults to play, and literally they are playing now, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about doing things and making it look like play and treating it like play. But literally, I mean, what a world we're living in today that there are multiple ways, as probably never in history before, that we've got ways for adults to play. Like, think about that. Like, a hundred years ago, if, if an adult wanted to play, you know, you'd have to go outside and do something physical. But now you can actually literally play what children play, right? Just maybe in a more advanced way or something like that. You know, games and... Um, candy crush and you know you just kind of just play subhanallah you know even if you're sitting waiting for something there's just multiple ways of playing now children pass their time in doing that so we do the same thing humans do you know adults do the same thing and uh, the, the question is that where does all of this get you so a commentator would say something like in the tilkal mata'ib tanqadhi min ghayri fa'ida all of these things that you've just spent your time playing in Right, it just finishes and there's no outcome. There's nothing to show for it. There's no fruits of that labor. Essentially, that's what we're saying, that there's no, um, there's no fruits of this labor to show. So don't make your world like that. Don't make your life like this, that it be like a plaything. So that was the first example. I think that's very apt. Second example, second thing that Allah, subhanahu wa second description Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says is that lahu. Now, according to some of the mufassirs, some people put la'ib and lahu together, but Strictly speaking, la'ib is play and lahu is anything that distracts. It's anything that occupies from something else, usually from something more important. But it's anything that will occupy you and anything that will distract you. So lahu is a distraction, you can say. All right. Ilha, we use that word ilha. So it's a lahu. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that it's also lahu. He, um, according to some mufassirs, they say that he mentioned lahu because this is what younger people do then. Right? This is what youth do. So children play and youth, they pass time. Right? They just pass time. Essentially, you can call that a pastime or an occupation. Again, the same question that arises is that when you pass your time just like that, you just had, you know, you just gone out and you've just messed around and you've just uh, bantered a bit, you've just had a meal or whatever, at the end of it, what have you achieved that is beneficial for you for this world and the hereafter? You may have even argued, you may have even had a problem, you may have even broken up with somebody. But at the end of the day, la yabqa illa al-hasra, right? And especially if you're a youth who should be making up, you know, his adult life and be preparing for that and be getting serious to be able to get married and to be able to have a home and so on, you're going to think you've wasted a lot of time, especially if you're occupying yourself in this multiple times. So... Essentially, that's what's happening. There's going to be hasra and a sense of loss that you've just wasted your time in doing that. So, and the reason for that is that anybody who's prudent and intelligent, after wasting time, they will usually think that my life has gone, that part of my life has gone. Now, we're not saying that this take some recreation time. Recreation time is completely fine, okay? That's completely fine. This is speaking about uh, the situation where you literally just keep wasting time over and over again. So... Even the pleasures that we're seeking, they end eventually. They keep ending. And we feel bad, but we still want to do it again. This is the nature of the world. It's the challenge that we have, right? It's just the challenge, it's the way it is. So the problem with all of that is that it just becomes a continuous problem. That you want to do it again, but you feel bad, but then you want to do it again. And this is for the people who think. If you don't think, then you'll just carry on doing this and you literally waste years and years of your life, right? May Allah protect us from that. The third thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about is that the dunya is zina. 
right, is adornment, it's embellishment, it's beautifying something, right? It's making something beautiful, putting makeup on, uh, putting nice embellishes on to make your house look better, a nice decoration, you know, putting up stuff to make it look better, right? Adornments and everything like that. He says that, well, this is usually what's allowed for women to do because they're, they're allowed to do that. And we also do this in order to cover up uh, anything which is ugly. We also embellish things to cover up what is simple, plain, or maybe ugly. So we try to make it look better, right? We try to make it look better. So you look at structures, you look at buildings, you look at cars, you look at whatever else there is, right? You try to make something look better and you're augmenting it and you're enhancing it. That's the purpose of it. However, at the end of the day, right? What is the original state of that thing won't change because this is just an embellishment. It's just a facelift. It's just a veneer. Underneath it's what it is. I mean, these shelves, they're just veneered. They're not real oak. They're just veneered oak. Inside, it's just, it's just particles. It's not solid wood inside, right? This would cost a lot more money if it wasn't. It'd be a lot heavier, right? But that's what it is. Outside, it looks oak finish. But that's what you call a veneer, it's just an outside veneer. So he's saying that the same thing the dunya does for you when you go after things that are not functional and not necessary. It's just a veneer, it's just an embellishment. It, you just do that to basically complete something which is defective, complete something which is incomplete, to make something look better. That's what you're basically doing with all of these things. Ibn Abbas anhu says, that the verse uh, in this particular point says, أن الكافر يشتغل طول حياته بطلب زينة الدنيا That a disbeliever for his entire life is going to be spending it to seek an embellishment of the world. دون العمل للآخرة No focus on the hereafter. Is that what we're doing it for as well? Right? Is that what we're doing it for as well? Well, we shouldn't be doing so, but a lot of people are in that. So that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes it as an embellishment. Uh, the point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously, to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially for example the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules and at the end of that inshallah you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind, you can continue to leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.